unlike the last couple of uh, visits here, what, what I'd like to do is, instead of doing a lecture uh, and then Q&A and kind of the, st- the old traditional mode, this time I'd like to just uh, have a conversation with everyone here about truly bottom-up stuff that's going on out there. And the last two times I talked a bit about sort of this this citizen media revolution and then how, uh, how bigger journalistic organizations were starting to treat this and some of the things they were doing. And in the end, I'm, I'm fascinated by what uh, sort of the rest of us are doing and why and uh, where, where this all may intersect with journalism because it's not all journalism. And we should talk about that a little bit. I'm, uh, not everything we're going to look at here would qualify as journalism, and what's more, people who are doing it uh, in some cases would run screaming from the room if we said, you're doing journalism. They would say, no, not me. Them, down the street, not me. And the question is whether we get something of value out of what they're doing, and maybe we'll decide to call it journalism whether they like it or not. But these are really interesting questions to me of what we're going to... uh, how we're going to get good information is really what I care about. And finding, you know, there, there's the expression in uh, uh, electronics, signal-to-noise ratio, where you want signal, more signal and less noise. Um, and I'm, I'm particularly uh, interested in the future and helping us find the signal amid what is, I think we can all agree, is an enormous amount of noise out there on the web. So uh, we have someone joining us, two people joining us. We're, uh, we're taking names, actually. We're just asking for names and, uh, and, and what, uh, what brings you here. So. Sure, Bill Wendell from the Real Estate Cafe. We've talked before. I continue to have a keen interest as in realestatecafe.com? Yes, yes. realestatecafe.blogs.com. This isn't it. Right? Or is it That's the website. If you go to the blog link, you'll see the blogs. Uh, Cafe.blog or, or blog? Uh, dot blogs. Like that? Yeah. Okay. And. I'm Jay. I run the blog group with Erica on Thursdays. Right. What, what's the site we should point out that you're doing? It's um, blogs. Oh, right. I, I've lost tracks of the URLs here. <laughs> Blogs.harbor. This site ought to load faster. So we're, we're doing like <coughs> server maintenance. It's actually, this is the old, this front page still goes to the old server. Oh, okay. Which, uh, what's the. Uh, so slash Thursday meetings. I'm doing one of those right next month. Is that right? Yes, May 11th. Okay. There we go. Okay. So let's just whip through a bunch of sites and talk about them sometimes briefly, sometimes a little bit more depth. Um, I'm starting with, and and I want to go through a whole variety of what people are doing in 
um, in this area of what some people call user-generated content, which is a um, an expression that seems designed to make people uh, hate the whole concept. I mean, user-generated content. That what a terrible way to say. You know, we're we're talking with each other. Most robots we're, are creating the other contents. Right. <laughs> it's it's just an amazing. The the tech industry. It's been said, and it's really true, that there are only two industries that talk about users, and the other is drug dealing. So uh, <laughs> we, we ought to, uh, I don't know what that means exactly, but it's a, it's a good line. It means that we're passionate. <laughs> or, we're, or maybe we're addicted. That's even... I was going for the positive. <laughs> um, so... Up here is um, one of the simplest forms, uh, and I'm not going to go back to Usenet and bulletin boards uh, per se, but this is kind of the, the modern version of it. This is the, um, uh, it's called uh, GMCA Discuss uh, Group on Yahoo. At, uh, GMCA is the Green Meadow Community Association, which is uh, the community association where I live in California. And as you can see, it's really active. The last posting was November of last year. Um, Do you want to see one from Massachusetts? It's called Mission Based Massachusetts. Oh, we'll show some. We'll, we'll get, I thought you were dissatisfied. No, I was being sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> but it's actually something of value. Um, they, there's another one that's a little more active than this. And people in the neighborhood kind of post stuff. It's It's... It's not like uh, the, the community is very active, but on the, online it's completely dead. And we have actually a really very busy community and community organization and a swimming pool that's full of kids all the time and uh, lots and lots of things going on, but somehow it hasn't translated. And I'm puzzled at some whereas some places really get active, others just don't. And the question I'll just start with is, is what they're doing here journalism? And uh, I think, I know what I think, but I'm curious what anyone else might think, if this is. Any, any votes for yes? We'd have to see the In the same way the neighborhood newspaper, a paper newspaper, Mm -hmm. for the neighborhood is journalism. It yeah. okay. covers local events and issues of interest. Okay. Note from the city manager. Eh. It's the kind of notice that might appear in a newspaper. Uh, there's not a lot of conversation going on here, it's just an announcement. Is there a definition definition of journalism that yeah. we should use to define whether this is that? No, I'm, I'm <laughs> steering us away from defining journalism because we could spend the next three hours instead of looking at interesting informational trading and talking what journalism is. I'm, I'm actually trying to duck that question at the moment um, because I th my own view is if people are finding out things they, that they need to know that at some level that's journalism. Okay. And it may be that they're going to be assembling it themselves from a lot of noise, which is a whole new concept with the web in a sense, not totally, but the way you might go to a bar and hear some gossip and check it a little further or triangulate it against 
what someone else said that you know and decide if there's valid, you know, some validity to it. I, I mean, we're going to really be struggling through this on this new medium. I'm just not sure. I, I, and I'm not trying to give you the answer here. I'm, I'm just, uh, I'm, I'm going to be working on this for a long time to come. So anyway, that's <laughs> so that's the that's the Green Meadow Association not active. Okay, I. Um, I own a uh, computer system on wheels called a Toyota Prius. <laughs> and uh, the Toyota has a, the, the manual that comes with it is actually quite good and quite complete. But it doesn't tell you everything. For example, because it's software in some significant part, uh, one thing that people do with software is they uh, hack it. And there's some interesting things on the old Prius chat site. Uh, there, there's certainly news. Um, people find out about, like, the California solar incentives, and, and they find out, you know, there's some pretty interesting stuff. But there's also, um, in the forums... There are there's there's a couple of things, you know, maintenance, troubleshooting, adding you know, adding goodies to it, things like that. But then there's a forum called modifications. Ooh. And this is where I go for news on how to hack my Prius. And I've uh, they've actually broken that up into sort of hacks that are more about adding hardware, and then there's hacks about uh, one that I've already done, which is to, that when you back it up, there, it, it goes beep, beep, beep inside the car. You can't hear it outside the car, which is, I thought, that's kind of where oh, you'd want to hear it. <laughs> but it's an incredibly annoying thing, and there's a hack that lets you turn off the annoying beep, okay. which I, I turn it back on when I take it in for servicing, <laughs> uh, just in case they decide to, you know, invalidate the warranty. But it's a, it, it's a completely harmless hack, and it works. So... Uh, I, I'm not going to ask for an opinion every time on whether this is journalism, but this is fundamentally owners telling each other and, and a couple of dealers telling each other what's going on and how things work and, and the news about things that you might want to know. Um, as far as I'm concerned, there's some journalism going on here amid the conversation. And I don't know if anyone disagrees with that, but I, I welcome, I especially welcome people who tell me I'm wrong, and why. So, uh, think about it. there. There's some yes. That, that, was, that means that when I have a conversation with my friend and I tell them about something I found out about, I don't have any example right now, but that means that I'm going to do journalism in the conversation. Like, do you between? Well, what I'm reading on the internet and the normal conversation I'm going to have, and I don't really see the difference. I mean, I can tell someone about some, I don't know, if I'm doing a book review on a journalist mm-hmm. when I'm talking with my friends, it's right. different than when I'm blogging and I'm just... Well, there, let, let's, th- let's, let's think about the differences. One, when you're talking to a friend, that's you and a friend. Yeah. And that's one to one. Um, I don't think a telephone call would be journalism. Mm-hmm. 
but would a telephone call that was somehow broadcast to 100 people telling them that um, something is going on that they ought to know about? That will be more a question of audience, maybe? Right. Well, maybe, there, maybe if it's more than one. Again, mm -hmm. these, are, these are really fascinating questions to me. I'm not telling you the answer here. But I think it, that when, it's, when there's a potentially big audience and you're giving really good information that's verifiable and you've done some homework, that starts to sound uh, dangerously like journalism to me. And I, I'm not, and I'm not being sarcastic. I just, I think we, we one of the important things in all this is that the, um, the line is difficult to discern at times. And what is difficult? The concept is little difficult for me is thinking that someone can be a journalist without even wanting to be one or or thinking to be one, and that that makes me, you know. It that's really that's a really good point. If and people who want to be journalists and decide to be and then do some learning about printing. I would be very frustrated if someone. Well, someone. Let me. Here, here's. An, there's a good example of a question of whether someone has can become a momentary journalist. And I don't think it's about a, anybody being a journalist particularly as much as doing committing an act of journalism. And and because I don't think most people want to be journalists, but most people could at some point do something that contributes to journalism or is journalism. And the the famous example in the last year is the guy who was on the uh, train in the London Underground who took that mobile phone picture that is now the most famous photo from that day. Um, and he, he did make sure it got out to some media organizations quickly. And, and uh, there was a building, a, a scaffolding collapse in London the other day, and then the BBC got, I don't know, hundreds of pictures of it in very short time from people who were quite explicitly sending it into the BBC. Now, I think they were uh, plainly trying to be journalists of a kind at that moment. When, but when it's on a discussion board um, and people are giving each other good information, and if it's not good, other people will jump and say, that's not true, or that's, you've got it slightly wrong. It's serving some kind of function of, of helping us know what's going on in this niche community in a way we wouldn't have known before. So maybe just something new. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we should maybe not try to link that with all concept, maybe? Yeah, or? I, the, I, yeah, maybe we need a new word. Maybe journalism is, is, is at some level... A very new it's a verb. It's not a noun. It's some, an activity. Some people wor don't even like the word. Anyway, well, good, <laughs> good, good point. Okay, next. Um, Dave Farber, a telecommunications professor, runs a mailing list where people send him things. He, uh, people who know him send him information or pointers or whatever things they've found. And then Dave picks the ones he thinks are interesting and sends them out again. Um, I, I showed in one of the presentations I gave uh, earlier this year 
um, something he sent out on September 12, 2001, which was a someone had sent him a pointer to a satellite image of lower Manhattan showing this giant cloud of debris and smoke hanging over lower Manhattan from the, uh, uh, the, the World Trade Center terrorism. And Dave, at that, at, in, during that period, became kind of an editor for a lot of people of what many, many people around the world were thinking about this and saying about it and, and discussing and pointing at things. Um, and that's one of those things that I thought, I thought wow, uh, this, is, this is all pretty new. So even something as simple as a mailing list can serve a journalistic function. Now, most of what Dave points to are other people's work, or most of what his readers point him to point to. Uh, but if you're interested in technology and civil liberties, this is an invaluable source of new uh, of things that are going on. And people respond on the site to things that he sent out. So there will be, uh, this will be a reply someone sent or even asking further questions about what something they'd seen. So we, we, the, the conversation that I like so much about what we're talking about here gets pretty thoroughly done in, uh, in a mailing list like this. Uh, it's certainly not a newspaper, but uh, at some level, this, this guy in Pennsylvania is an editor for a topic that I care a lot about and does a good job of it. Uh, okay, so here's uh, Instapundit, which is one of the most popular blogs on the, uh, on the web by a law professor in Tennessee named Glenn Reynolds. He, I don't know how he does it, but he posts so much stuff, and he, it's just this amazing, prolific uh, amount of work that he's doing. And he's, at some level, providing a worldview, kind of a, you know, what's going through Glenn's mind today and what people do send him to point at. Something he doesn't do here, which I wanted to note, is he does not allow comments. And I've, I've I, I, we can talk about whether that's good or bad for blogs, but uh, Glenn is, is plainly serving a journalistic role at some level, in my opinion, but it's, it's the quintessential weblog. I mean, there's there's almost nothing as popular as this except for, uh, a, well, there are a few. I mean, Boing Boing, which is... Does everyone know Boing Boing? And if you don't read Boing Boing, you should start. It's, um, the, the, it's the blog I used for serendipity. Does well, you can send Glenn an email, and he may respond. Yeah, he, he puts it on there, but it's he doesn't. Most blogs have comments, or, or a lot of blogs do anyway. Let comments be posted directly well, under. Just send an email. Yeah, you can. He, you know, he may, you know, he may reply. He may actually read. When you send a letter to a journal, yeah. 
All right. How many journalists respond to letters? Not too many. Let's but see. maybe, you know, after they can do something. Yeah. yeah. So this is a way of becoming a very popular, uh, and, and Glenn makes, I think, pretty good money on the advertising that's on this site. And it's, it's uh, extremely well-read. This is uh, Steve Rubell, who works for the Edelman Public Relations Company, writes a blog called Micro Persuasion. Now, it's not a blog where he's selling advertising, at least he wasn't the last time I checked. Um, and and he, what this blog is really for is to... Um, I don't mean this in a cynical way, but this is a uh, this blog is a marketing tool for Steve Rubell's career, and quite a profitable one in that sense. So this is use of a blog as a, um, and it's more than a marketing tool. I mean, he's really got a good insight on public relations and and how all of this technology is developing. I'm. I'm uh, I'm a fan of what he's doing, and it's uh, it's working pretty well for him in that level. So, I guess I was pointing it out to, just to suggest that uh, people are always asking about business models. Well, what's the business model for blogging? Well, one great business model is to uh, is to make make it part of your career, so you can do better in your own career and. and uh, this is, I think, one of the best examples of, of someone who does that. The uh, Robert Scoble is the famous Microsoft blogger who is, uh, has turned up being a blogger into a fantastic career with them. You should all jump in. Okay. Everyone knows Wikipedia. What I wanted to just sort of look at is the, the thing over here, the in the news category. Um, one of the things that happens frequently on Wikipedia is when there's current, some current breaking news event, you can often go to the page about that event on Wikipedia and get better background or at least as good background on the subject with all the current, with links to what's going on right now um, as you could get in any newspaper. So there's a page on the Italian general election which was, uh, I think, finally decided today by the uh, court there. And so it actually says this contains a current event. I love that. But the... The detail, the incredible level of detail that people will put into this is just amazing to me. And, you know, Wikipedia's operation is just this uh, completely from the edges folks contributing into the center. And uh, I, I think it's, while it's got many flaws, it's, it's a marvelous 
way, yeah. Yeah, I, th I think my question is, and I've had a, this question for a long time, and you mentioned sort of the detail and the energy that goes into being this detailed and this complete, and my question is not just a question for myself, but for everyone, mm -hmm. is why do you think people are doing this? I mean, there are, hmm. are for sure certain, you know, financial, you know, things that can be gleaned from it, but for the most part, I don't think that the vast majority of bloggers are doing it for the money. Right. So, so why are people doing this? Okay. Um, why, let me let me uh, ask another question that doesn't quite answer your question. But why do people do community theater? Why do people play in garage bands uh, where 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 they go and and if if they're really good. They play in a bar some Saturday night, and the drinking tab exceeds what they get paid. Well, uh, I have a series of hy hypotheses. So let's let me. So here, what's what's your well, hypothesis? I think there's there's a there's a, a few different ones, and one is because I think people just because there are certain people who like to hear themselves talk, they like to see their their words on the screen, and they like to imagine the fact that there are people who are seeing what they are writing. I think that in and of itself is enough gratification for them to. Even without, a, even without a byline? Even with, yeah, sure. So I think that in and of itself is enough. Mm -hmm. um, I think there are also another subset of individuals who do it because they think that it affects the greater good. So that they are giving information to people and it is sort of their philanthropic obligation to sort of help people. I see that. Uh, and then there are, and there are various other categories. Those, those are two that I have that I think about the most. Um, but I try to think about it in the context of sort of um, what this behavior can do, um, sort of, sort of making an amalgam of every of all of this and putting it into sort of a, a movement, and I think understanding why people do things mm -hmm. is sort of a part of, uh, is, is related to that. Yep. Um, but aside from those two sort of thoughts that I've had, are there any other sort of areas where you could sort of ask that question? Why, why well, are we doing this? Pe people have called this the gift economy. That's, uh, that's one of the descriptions of this, which is the people want, to, you know, volunteerism is a long and honored human activity. So how about others? Anybody? Yeah. This is, this is more aimed at personal blogging, so I don't know how relevant it is, but um, for my personal blog, I think I'm making a backup of myself, of the part of me that can be saved. My father, who's now deceased, was a blogger, and his blog is one of my treasured possessions, and I go to a lot of effort to keep it online and available to Google. That's uh, good. I also run a news website, but I'm not even sure how to answer that question. Maybe I'm just crazy. No, I, guess that, that's, I think that's another, that's another sort of one of those categories. I think that for archival purposes and for... It, it's a... I think we're going to find there are as many reasons as there are people, and... That's an exaggeration, but not by much. And that uh, when I think this all through, I'm not really concerned what the reason is, only that people do it. Uh, I, I want to know why, but I'm just glad it's happening. I, I'm this, and that we have the, we have the tools now. We have the 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 medium <coughs> that lets us do it. Um, which you know, just think, just. As recently as 20 years ago, um, 23 years ago, before desktop publishing, what you had to do. And 
but but I think what I'm worried about is sort of um, diluting this great power that we have. And I think for the same reason that you say there are as many reasons as there are people, I think that in the long run, potentially that could make that could make this wonderful tool of ours. Like, what are we using? To, like, I don't see anyone. I don't see a, a movement gathering. What I see is people continuing to create their own individual. You know, I things based on their own individual needs for mm. our longevity purposes. For we'll we'll come to something in a few minutes that that starts to uh, address that. Can I let's let's sure. let me and I'll I'll make a point of that when we get to it. But I I think we're in this early wild experimentation phase uh, where things will eventually start to sort out. But that um, the fact that there are 10 million diaries online. I'm I'm happy. That's fantastic. <laughs> I agree. I and and we'll we'll do things with them. Okay, here's one of my all-time favorite things. Hard to know what to call this, but uh, Adrian Holovetti, who uh, uh, actually now works for the Washington Post, did this uh, on his own, and so. He met, what he did was to sort of is take data from the uh, go, local government and mash it with a Google map. So, if you are interested in, um, well, let's let's look at arson. You know, if you're moving into a neighborhood, it might be interesting to know um, where the arsons are taking place, and maybe if there's a cluster of them. In, in one part of the city over time. So you can go and you can, you can look and get very detailed data. Uh, other things, he, he's done some uh, amazing stuff where you can, um, let, let's say, I think this is the L, right? Let's say, let's say that's a station on the L. And let's say you, you walk from there to your office, which is... Uh, over here, and let, let's say that's where your office is, okay? So I just um, drew the, I just drew that map, and I'm interested in, I don't know if mugging is a, what, what, what would be the actual Aggravated word? assault or something? Aggravated robbery or something? Uh, um, yeah, I guess I guess um, no, not attempted arson. That's that's not likely to happen to you or anybody. Um, I, I um, robbery. Well, it was assault over there. Did you see? Robbery is, is of a is, 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 yeah. There's a lot of really weird. Uh, let's just say assault. So from. I guess it doesn't go back that far. So we'll just get all all dates, and then you click that, and I, looks like no that crime. Whoops. Okay. <laughs> so there've been a few <laughs> along that route. Now this might be the kind of thing that would cause you to take a different route, um, but I'm just in awe of what he's done here. 
this is this isn't journalism in any way I know it from tradition. But if you want to know something about a community, wow, here's a here's here's incredible data with context and with with meaning. I'm just showing this to you. I mean, anyone who wants to say anything, just jump in because I'm. Um, I want to get newspapers to think about these things. Yeah. Well, there's sort of, you know, there's police blotters. You know, like if I go and you know pick up the Somerville newspaper, it'll have a police blotter which will say you know the addresses and things. That right. This is just sort of like, you know, it's just a different way of presenting and making accessible that data, which is a journalistic. I mean, the the data and the fact of making that accessible mm -hmm. is a journalistic function. Right. In the in the weekly police blotter, though. Uh, none of us has a mind good enough to kind of keep track of what you read from week to week and remember where it is on a map. Suddenly it's visualized in a way that is, uh, you know, like uh, we're being streamed, I won't use the expression I was going to use, but holy mackerel. And that is, uh, it's a new thing. And, it's, and the web has made this not only possible to do we could always do maps with pins in them before. Now it's almost live and uh, interactive in ways that were just never before possible. Yeah. I also think, you know, this is, to me, kind of emblematic of a type of citizen journalism. Uh, a lot of the things that I read, because I read a lot of little local news sites, mm -hmm. one of the things I notice is that a lot of people who um, aren't journalists but run news sites aren't have never worked as journalists and don't have training as journalists are reluctant to interview people. Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot, a lot, a lot of reliance on uh, local access cable, public information, things I got at the library, things I saw walking down the street. I have one contributor to my news site who, what he wants to do is he's gotten all of this information about our school system and about the test scores. And he's essentially figured out a way not just to figure out who's failing, but to figure out exactly which classrooms are failing. Wow. Um, he's not very popular with the school administration, but <laughs> I'm pushing him uphill as fast as I can push him. Mm -hmm. You yeah. know, and essentially, and what did, how did he get this? Well, it's on the state DOE website, and he knows how to use Excel, and he knows how to make a graph. This and is so he's, he puts the five, and you know what, and what I love about it is that when I talk to people about the test scores in our town, which are dismal, they say, it's those kids. It's the kids who are uh, second uh, are not uh, speaking English as a first language. It's kids who are poor, and what what his data is telling me is not. It's related to particular teachers. Can you you got here a little bit after everyone else? Would you just tell everyone who you are? Oh, sorry. My name is Lisa Williams, and I run a news site for Watertown called H2Otown.info, where uh, people in town can also go and get their own weblogs. There are about 300 people with weblogs on H2Otown, and it gets about 18. We're, we're going to come back and uh, you're going to tell us about your site because mm -hmm. we're interactive here tonight and I, I wanted you all to know that what Lisa's doing is just first grade. So. Yeah. Before you leave this, um, I can appreciate why you're excited about it, but also I find it tremendously depressing. So depressing, I literally went to the police department here in Cambridge and said, what's the opposite of a crime? Can we create a typology of the opposite of crimes? You know, we live in the Commonwealth. Was that one misdirected way of characterizing Massachusetts 200 years ago, or does the Commonwealth continue to unfold? 
And if so, how do we map this? Community asset mapping is the new we, buzz phrase. This is this is this is this is great. Why don't we ask Adrian to modify this and give us something that shows us where crimes are not happening? Or where block parties are happening? Or yeah. where they're, where they're that would be really babysitting collectors? Well, why are like, some, some indices, like metrics? I I'm ch capital. Community. Yeah. I challenge, then this is, your, this is a challenge for you. We, maps are now easy to do and annotate. And get back to me, and I'll help you set up a map that does whatever it is you want to do. Sure, you, you, you've actually already planted the seed in your last session when you talked about placial. I think placial is one way of responding. Yeah. I'd love to play with it. Okay, good. Um, you, you bring up a really good point, though, because one of the things that quote-unquote real journalists say to me is that, well, not much is happening in Watertown, a lot of it is not news. And I say to them, well, if there's a lot of news in Watertown, I'd have to move. <laughs> but... Um, we still have things that we're interested in, and, and, and so, you know, I think the, the opposite of this crime map is we have a map of restaurants. What, what's, what's better and more loving than someplace somebody who's going to feed you something good to eat? Mm -hmm. And people are, people are weirdly interested in maps of gardens. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm going to find a different map to start showing people because I, I don't, th this isn't the only kind of map there is. Um, I just show it because of the amazing amount of uh, uh, work he's done to make this data available in ways that are unusually interactive and and descriptive. So we'll find some other ones, but people are working on new kinds of maps. So this is going to be uh, a big area. Um, um, here's one. Uh, I, I, disclosure, I'm on their advisory board, but I, I, I wanted to show you this anyway. Um, this is a, a site where people can uh, basically share things they're doing, and they can also, uh, anything from text to video to uh, photos, whatever, and it, it's... It's still fairly new, but they get some fairly interesting stuff that people post. It's a, uh, again, it's one of these in-progress kinds of sites. And at what level the, it might break into the category of news, you don't know for sure. But they have done things where uh, things that were appeared on the site Became uh, pick, were, were picked up by others as part of news uh, reports, and and then became widespread in the uh, in, in uh, the greater world. Now, there's a headline you're not likely to see in your local newspaper. Um, and that came vegan myth busting, Christian sex toys. I they're they're getting fairly. Uh, tabloidish here all of a sudden. I'll have to have word with them. But it's a it's, it's a community in the largest sense kind of operation and, and people can really do their own uh, put up their own news and they're doing it and, and with lots of, uh, of different places. So
And it's in a somewhat similar vein as ourmedia.org, uh, which, which more than anything is a, just a place to publish the things you do. And uh, J.D. Lassica, who's the co-founder of this, is it, the mission really is, to, along with the Internet Archive, uh, which is the actual host, uh, serving host for it, the idea is to basically encourage people to create things and post them, and then to help people find them and to uh, create a kind of global media community of, of what anyone wants it to be. So it's a, uh, a it, it's quite interesting what they've been able to do, and it, it really varies from audio to video, including including a lot of music and text and many other things. So I recommend people take a look at this. It's at, at the very least if you're creating videos on a personal site or a, a smaller site, one thing you can do if you put them under a Creative Commons license, does everyone know what that is? That's a license that, for, that explicitly allows sharing. If it's a Creative Commons license that the work is created under, then archive.org, which is affiliated with us, will uh, host it as long as they're around uh, at no charge. And one reason that it's important to understand why that's good is that if you create a good video and put it on your personal web page and lots of people download it, you're going to get a large uh, invoice at the end of the month for all of that bandwidth that you've been offering people, and you don't want that because it's, it's the perverse nature of the net that the, the better you are at that, the more you're going to have to pay yourself. And we don't want that. Here's a, something I talk about a lot. I, uh, it's in Vermont, I, Brattleboro. It's, um, I, I, I think Lisa's doing, her site is, is even more quintessentially uh, local in, in the best way than this, but I, I'm from Vermont, so I talk about Vermont a lot. Uh, and these guys are, are creating a, a pretty good community information and news page. It's not, uh, it's, it's not as well organized as I would like, but it's, it's, it's pretty good, and they're they have been beating the local daily newspaper on important stories, um, including one that was just because there were the, I think the daily isn't published on on the weekend, and there was a fire I think on Saturday, and uh, you know on Monday the daily newspaper has a story. Well, there was a fire. Well, meanwhile these guys have covered it thoroughly, so they have an advantage just there. But it's. This shows what volunteers can actually pull together, and they're beginning to get some financial support for it. I, it, it it's my dream that these folks will uh, become more popular than the daily paper. I, I think they're more popular already. I, I'm talking about more financially successful, maybe that's a better word, and, and better read. Um, so it's not just a lots of, you know, young folks who are doing the, uh, the citizen media. This is, uh, 
the Silver Stringers in Melrose, and it was actually one of the first sites of its kind. Uh, a man named John uh, uh, Jack Driscoll, who was an editor, the, he was the executive editor at the Boston Globe, and after he retired, he became a media fellow at MIT and worked on a lot of projects. And this is one of the things he helped do. And this is silver stringers, uh, as in silver hair. And these folks put out, it's, it's not bloggy really at all. It's just a bunch of articles. But you know what? They're telling the people of Melrose a lot about what's going on in Melrose. And I, I just love this site. It's not anything um, like the stuff we're thinking of as citizen journalism in the modern, most modern sense, but they were among the first to really do it, of anybody in some, at some level, and, and it's just terrific. So, uh, Can I ask you to tell everyone who you are? And, uh, I'm Nathan Lippel, I'm with Public Radio Exchange, which is uh, here at well, helps public radio stations and producers exchange content. Okay. We'll want to hear more about what you're doing in, in a little bit. Okay, Northwest Voice in uh, Bakersfield, California. Um, the, the, uh, those of you who know a lot about this are, are going to realize this is a ringer because this one's actually done by the local newspaper. But they set off their own they create a separate business with with separate employees and separate everything and started a little uh, uh, newspaper that's delivered every other Thursday. But the site goes is updated all the time and it's written largely by people in the community. And why separate? I, I don't to get this feeling that, that unions. journalists think oh journalists think it's scary or something. So it's I, unions. I, well, I don't know if they have unions, right. but I think it was to to avoid problems with the right. staff. Okay. I I don't know that for sure, but I I. Uh, I've noticed it. I more believe than that. Months, and that, that. That's interesting. It hadn't occurred to me, but it's um, very logical. At, at union organized papers, that's that's a key issue. You, it's hard to change work rules, and often it requires a separate organization entirely. I I think if you asked. Um, the, the big bigger media companies about why they do certain things that you'll find it's it's simply a matter of they can, it's the only way they can do it. Right. Enterprise Enterprise newspapers on the South Shore just launched a site called Wicked Local, uh, which does the same thing for the Rockland Enterprise and the Quincy Patriot Ledger. It's <coughs> wonderful. I'm very jealous of the name. <laughs> it's a good name. <laughs> um, <coughs> This is another one that's uh, getting pretty good and, and pretty complete. Greensboro, South Car North Carolina, where uh, the local paper, the, the News and Record, has announced its intention to become a kind of town square and, and something I talk about a lot and did in the last time we met. But uh, this is, the, in a sense, the competition. And this is a blog aggregator, for the most part, and uh, they've, they've got lots of bloggers doing lots of good things. So it's another model that's starting to work. Now, I don't know 
uh, I don't know about the finances of most of these sites, but when I do read this site regularly, and I think I think I get a pretty good feel for what's going on in Greensboro, and the people doing this are starting up 101 sites in other places. So keep an eye on that. I think you'll see them uh, happening more than just Greensboro. It's it's a pretty good experiment. And this, of course, is Oh My News, which is the uh, probably the biggest success in the citizen media world, but it's a hybrid uh, where the there's a bunch of professional editors who are getting the stories from the citizen reporters, as they call them, hmm. and doing some actual editing and uh, fact-checking and calling the people who contribute and asking them for you know, like, you know, what's the source of that and things of that sort. Uh, and they pay them. Not very much, but they do pay them. So this has been a huge success in Korea. They're, they just got a big investment from the SoftBank company to do something here along these lines. And um, they do have an English language international site that's gotten off to a bit of a slow start, but is still fairly interesting. Um, I don't know what, what, how they're going to use their investment, the new investment, but I think they're going to do a lot of things. Where was I? Gotham Gazette in New York. This was one of the first of the hyper-local sites in the U.S., and it's one of the best. Absolutely terrific. They're, uh, they, they're, they're going down to, I think they now have 51 um, sections of New York City that they're doing local news about, and really quite, uh, quite good. It's not so you, you can go to your whatever district you're in. I think these are yeah these are the council districts I guess. One way to divide it up. Um, it, something we're going to be finding out over the next few years is just how hyper local one can go. Um, there's a company in California that started a site that's trying to organize block by block, city block by city block. And uh, I, I'm dying to know how they're going to recruit people for that. But it's a, you know, if they can pull it off, it's a great idea. What's the name of it? I think it's called eblock.com. That's uh, not. Okay. Um, into the multimedia segment of our evening. Hello and good Wednesday, April 19th, 2006. I'm Amanda Congdon and this is Rocket Boom. Whoa, what a ginormous beast. Found in western Patagonia, this new addition to our history is the longest carnivorous dino ever. That we know of. 
and it's called a Macrosaurus. Please do this. Do you have a report on here today? Um, I sent one in on the marathon uh, on Monday, but they haven't haven't run it yet. Run it yet. Okay. Well, it looks like you'll have to start a competing organization. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what is? Well, I have it on my on my video blog, so we we. You know, it's not exclusive. We have a member of the Rocket Boom team here in the uh, room. I would love for you to describe what goes on here and what it costs and how many people and what what's what's it what's it about? It um, well, it's based out of New York and it's two people, Andrew Barron and Amanda Condon, who started it a little over a year ago, and they report on techie quirky kind of news that it's interesting to them, really. Um, and now it has a viewership of, I think, around 300,000 a day, which is more than... Wasn't it the first thing that Steve Jobs showed when he debuted the video iPod? Yep, he showed I mean, Rocket that's, Boom. That's pretty yep. good for two people in their apartment. Who did that? Steve Jobs, oh, okay. when you yeah. debut the video iPod, the first oh, thing okay. he showed was an So at, you can go to the website and watch it, or you can get it um, sent over an RS, RSS feed to you, or a, a BitTorrent stream, or get it on iTunes. Hello and good Wednesday, April 19th, 2006. I'm uh, Amanda Cogden, and this is Rocket Bill. Whoa, what a ginormous beast. So... So, that, so I can download. This new addition to our history is the longest carnivorous dino ever that we know of, and it's called a Macrosaurus, placed in the same group as the Gigantosaurus, which. It so every day when a new show comes out, it will automatically be delivered to your computer. And then if you want to watch it on your computer, you can. Or if you hook up your video iPod, if you have one, you can take it with you. So um, that, that I'm just showing you how easy this was to subscribe to this on a daily basis. Any, we can all create stuff like this now and make it this easily available. That's pretty mind-blowing. Of course, we're on a very fast connection here. That was, a, that was an unusually quick download, download of a... Uh, 17 megabyte file, uh, but uh, what, what are they? What's what's the goal here for them? Just to sort of make a living at it? Is it to have a uh, to to be uh, the next uh, CNN? To be what? No, I don't think it's to be the next anything. Um, just to tell different stories that aren't being told by the big media. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and then if there's a correspondence uh, link somewhere, uh, maybe down the mm, oh field, it's a server field, the Apollo Pony Center. Oh, you're right, field, field. So there are the field correspondents. So there I am in Boston, and there are different people around the world now that report on stories. From around the world. So if you click on under Quick Links video blog. Ah, here's your map. So there's the report. And the way it works is I did this report 
I'll pick cable over there on the right. Change 128 DSL to cable modem, yeah. So I do a report and send it into Rocket Bloom. Anybody could go there. Ah, okay. We're at the marathon, and uh, the TV station is setting up a shot where they're taking a picture of a baby crossing the finish line. Oh, this is going to be good for TV. We just got a real lesson in media frenzy, didn't we? <laughs> now here, let it go a little bit. The camera right in on it, yeah. Well, aren't you taking a picture of him taking a picture? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How is that different? Uh, yeah. I don't think he said it was. Not quite right now. I'm just, I've always been interested in TV and how it's made. And so here, I'm giving people a view of how behind the scenes. And that's what I'm interested in. And so this is what I'm shooting. I'm not editing. I'm just showing people a behind the scenes of what happened before he went live. You can see he's going to go live now. And he's like, bring the crying baby in. I don't care if it's crying. I'm, you know, and you can see the whole thing. You can stop it if you want. But We're seeing the underbelly of how news is It's really interesting to me. And that's, you know, what I send into Rocket Boom. Then they say, okay, maybe we'll show the whole thing, or maybe we'll show a clip of it, or maybe they'll just link to me. Yeah. And that's how, how, how it goes. Well, okay, TV is the, is the Wizard of Oz, and you've got live footage of the little man behind the green curtain. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's uh, great. Um, another, another report I did recently or was... Um, MIT did this thing, they had a time traveler convention yeah. where they invited time travelers to come in. And <laughs> I'd been talking to them about coming in and covering it, and so I went in, but they wouldn't let any of the local stations in, four, five, seven, all the major stations wanted to get in, but they wouldn't let any of them in. And I was in there with my camera, so I got this whole report. Well, if they could time travel, I could have gotten there early. <laughs> <laughs> Did people uh, travel back in time to attend it, or forward in time to attend it? Apparently it wasn't cool enough for people to bother. Oh, I see. Uh, it was. <laughs> in the future, everybody's so overconfident. So, yeah, there's so many different time travel conventions. Oh, I see. So, so here's one of the fastest-growing video things on the web. YouTube. Um, I put this more in the category of entertainment than news, where I think... Rocket Boom tries to be more about news than sheer entertainment. This but is, there was a, there was an element of entertainment, sort of tongue in cheek. Oh yeah, region, certainly, right? certainly some. But the, I mean, there was never a, 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 one is never one all all the other. I mean, TV news has to have some visually interesting 
thing or people don't want to watch it. It's uh, one reason why important, uh, a lot of important stories are really hard to cover on television because they're about people talking or pushing paper at each other. Well, I think McNeil Lair did a good job of that. I think Charlie Rose has did a good job of that. I think he's, those two outlets have been very successful. Well, those are, and, and by the standard of, of mass audience, they're rather small. So it's a, again, I doesn't mean lack of quality, it just means what sells, unfortunately, is right. probably pet tricks. Um, Oscar the dog, well, I suppose we're going to have to watch what Oscar the dog is <laughs> so that cutaway okay. was pretty cool. <laughs> and we know utterly false because there's no camera behind it. <laughs> Cute. All right. I don't think that qualifies as news, but it's. This is becoming. Actually, uh, that would be on the news, though. You know, that shows. Yeah, that would be one. And all that. That'd be the feature. Right, right. right. Um, Flickr, uh, just astounding what's happening here. Every big event, you see tons and tons of people putting up pictures from. That, that were related to the event. It is uh, the first big example of this I found was in a uh, the bombing in Indonesia in Jakarta a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. Someone got a picture of the building next to the Australian embassy and had it up on Flickr before the news media had gotten to the scene. And I say that kind of in tongue in cheek. The news media. Obviously, we're at the scene if we think of news in this new way, uh, because whoever took that was, for that moment, the news media, as far as I'm concerned. And it, it was quite a powerful picture. Um, here, we're, we're now getting to our uh, some other of our participants tonight. And whose is this? That's uh, mine. Would you talk about this a little bit, what you're sure. doing? Well, Explain Boston has been... I guess it's been percolating since about 2002, and it's using movable type to publish an event calendar, which is tricky, and partly why it's been slowly percolating for a while. Um, now that there is structured blogging coming about, it'll be a lot easier to publish an event calendar. I've, pretty, I've had to sort of turn movable type inside out so that it could do advanced publishing of event dates. And we also have a event group at Flickr, so. All the photos, the photo, the nine photos on the left are the latest additions to the Exploit Boston Flickr group. Oh, that's cool. So if you click on one of them, you can. The buses. Yeah, any, any one of them. So there's about 72 of us who are contributing event photos oh. around Boston. So if you if you if you scroll back up and click on Exploit Boston event photos around Boston. Here. Yes. Pool. Yeah. So that's that's our pool of the latest Boston event photos. And then if you, if you scroll back up and click on the main link, Exploit Boston event photos around Boston. Up here? Yeah. 
and that shows we, so we have 71 people hmm. and that's the we're, we just met on Monday for the Boston Marathon and we're planning our next excursion which is probably going to be the zombie walk that's coming up oh. so you do a flash mob style thing and not, it's not really flash I know I, mean, I know that's a lame it's basically photographers get together take a bunch of pictures and then we upload them but excellent I, I like that I like it too that yeah. mirror image and reflection and basically I mean, a lot of people are posting their pictures to Flickr and the nice thing about this is that there's another place on the web to see the pictures uh, the pictures also show up on bostonist.com they, mm-hmm. they're also streaming the pictures though. and then I also have an internet radio station that's all Boston bands something that you won't hear on typical commercial radio so, so that's Exploit Boston how much of this just grew sort of organically how much did you think about this when you were starting uh, well, I, I do events, so events are, are part of my world, and I thought, when I created, well, Exploit Boston sort of came about because friends in Seattle had exploitseattle.com, so I decided, hey, I could do something like this for Boston, so I registered the domain, which is how so many things start, like, everyone has their, like, 27 domains, <laughs> but, and it's, it's sort of, it's just been something that I've been working on over the years. So. It's really good. Hey, the, I, I'm interested in the the name exploit, uh, which obviously has right. two meetings. Yeah, it, this is definitely using our powers for good, not evil, but good exploiting. But and the, the picture of Boston upside down is supposed to sort of so ex, ex, it's really exploit Boston as as of now, not exploiting. I guess so. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to look at you know look at things differently. That's why the picture is upside down. It makes you makes you look twice. And people can contribute events, but primarily it's myself and a few others who... How, how do they contribute events? Well, they have... It's basically just a web form, because I don't have... There's no real... It's, since it's movable type, there's not really a way to build build that in, mm-hmm. build a contribution into the, uh, the editing system. Will the new one let you do that? The new movable type? If it does, I do not know. I don't, I'm I, just asking. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I even have problems with this with the calendar module of Drupal. Is, I don't know. The calendaring is really far behind. Yeah. And it's one thing that would really help so many things. There, there are a bunch of um, event database things being developed, like um, EVDB. Yeah, but they're really limited in the fields. I mean, I just I find it's just easier to hack it together myself manually than really try to use mm-hmm. some, use one of those. Yeah. I mean, I think upcoming and stuff is yeah, interesting, upcoming. but I'm always interested in stuff that can be done from the edges, as well as I mean, Flickr is Flickr is interesting, but but it's not going to replace people putting photos on their own blogs, you know, and so. Um, I, I'm just interested in like calendaring for everybody at every level, both right. centralized and right. Oh well, yeah, calendaring is going to be well. This is a new, a newish one, um, where they're building an API for people. So if you're if you're doing things like this, you may want to take a look. Yeah, I, I sit on the Commonwealth Civic Roundtable, which is a bunch of civic organizations across the state. And we have this really pathetic calendar that, um, you know, it's basically just the advanced. Do you want to show it, Vengeance? It's called civicsource.net. And you, you can't get a lot of substance into the description of each, each thing. But look, the bloggers group is on it. Um, and we've also had a tremendously difficult time getting all the different civic groups um, to put their events on there. It's not something that's grown well organically. Can they do it directly? 
Yes. They can sign up. I've submitted events, and I will confess, I submitted events the, the last time Dan gave an event. I submitted it. This time, I forgot, because it's not, you know, right. yet is it pinging. So need, you need an automatic... Uh, well, well, if, if calendars had RSS, you could subscribe yeah, to It does have an RSS yeah. feed, but it's not very... Um, yeah, but, but you still have to input it. She should be able to publish an mm-hmm. RSS view events to your calendar. But, I would love so that. she would only have to... Yeah. That would be cool. That, yeah. we're, we're, we're getting a little. Let, let's let's not get too into the weeds of the technology here, because yeah. a lot of us want to. Uh, but the problem is, yeah. we have all of these organizations. They meet face to face. They do projects together, right. and they just don't coalesce around putting their stuff up online. And I don't know how much of that is getting over the hump mm-hmm. of the technology, and how much of that is in Massachusetts. Traditionally, every civic group is in its own bunker, right. and they don't have a shared calendar. Yeah, well, that, and, and a lot of people don't want to share. That's the other thing. So it's um, who has said some? They were doing some things with the Newsvine. Would you tell us a little bit about it? Because I, I think yeah, was, you actually want to uh, put crit where you've got www. That'll take you to the column. That, where uh, wipe out www Newsvine. And put in crit C R I T T. That? Yes. And that'll that'll take you to if you sign up for a for a <laughs> yeah. What I like about Newsvine is um, now from there hit top news on the left. And that will basically take take you to a regular screen. And that's okay. What I like about this is over on and down the center, you've got AP articles. They're written by an AP writer. And on the right sidebar, you've got uh, top news from AP and then top seeds. The seeds are, are articles people find in other places and put on there. So the you know, user-generated content, in other words. And then if you feel like writing something yourself, you've got featured writers. So you've got two ways to contribute. One is to find something and see it, or write something original as a uh, as a post. So this begins to address the question you were raising a moment a few minutes ago about all that stuff and all these people doing things separately. How do we start to make a little bit of order out of that? And this begins. I think this is a first very first early approximation at where we're going to go and there's some other products under development to start to it's a step but, but I think what I ra- what I would rather see mm-hmm. is that top seed section taking the place of the AP section I think that is where the real sort of sort well, of power starts to starts to happen well is, now that you mentioned that let's take a look at something that does precisely what you were just saying If it'll load. That's a bad sign. <laughs> okay. Has Dave been slashed on it? That would be pretty good. <laughs> um, the way things rise and fall depends a lot on the number of people who voted for them. Now, popularity is not the only way that we should be judging things. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
partly because something may be popular and dead wrong. And in fact, that happened to someone I know who was, uh, someone wrote a scathing blog posting about another guy. That was a blog, it was on, on, a, on an internet news site, but it was this attack on this guy for something he didn't actually do. And for him, catching up to the, uh, catching up the truth, making, making the truth catch up to the falsehood, it just never caught up. So popularity doesn't tell you everything. It tells you a little bit. But this is, again, getting closer. Uh, now, you know, I'm not sure that this is really the top news in technology today. It's, it's at least men hallucinate after eating fish. It's hard for me to uh, figure out how that rates. But there's some pretty good stuff here, and they do find conversations, or at least the best articles, or the ones that people think are, are worth looking seriously at. Um, and so we're, we're getting toward things we want to do. If um, And then Press Pass TV, who's, who's that? Want to tell us a little bit about it? Sure. Uh, so it's an after-school program that uh, has works with both high school and middle school students to teach them uh, key skills in video journalism. So we go over the whole kind of uh, writing an article process, setting up an you know setting up interviews, and then uh, practicing like interview skills, and then working with them on you know teaching them Final Cut Pro, teaching them you know, how to frame up a shot when you're doing interviews and things like that. So just all around all the skills needed to be a video journalist. And then um, you know we publish or we put our segments out as we produce them on the web and then once we have enough for like a half hour show we air that on local cable access <clears throat> but we always have our stuff up on the net that's terrific um, where where do you uh, have your instructional materials or do you go out and do that <clears throat> well uh, we have our high school site is in uh, Madison Park High School in Roxbury and then we're working with uh, the national after school program um, where we implement that they, they specialize in middle school students it's one mm-hmm. citizen schools and then uh, we run two press pass TV curriculums in two of their sites in Dorchester that's great I, I want to hear more about this another time um, so we have, uh, sorry uh, so we have a guest speaker series we bring in local journalists to speak with the students um, and this is Deborah's uh, blog on non This is for distraught technophobic social workers who suddenly are executive directors of non-profit agencies and the board says, we need a three-year strategic IT plan. And they say, oh, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah as, as, as a new non-profit director, I've been following this. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Crackers and cheese. Well, I had to find a name for the blog, so Tell us first one that came up. So, what's what's your goal with the blog? What, what's your well? It's actually more. It's actually brand new one. Uh, it's more an experiment than anything else um, related to my research, and um, and also I'm far from my family, from my friends, and not even my own country. So, mm-hmm. 
that's a good to answer to the question about why people are blogging. Mm -hmm. Well, that's a very good link to, you know, keep in touch with my family and my friends and, and my country. Mm -hmm. So, um, well, I'm French, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and um, that, that's really more an experiment, and I'm also uh, posting some articles that I'm writing um, because I'm doing my research, so sometimes it's like a new and, and, um, and, and I've done much, I mean, just like you, and just, you know, experimenting everything. Like yesterday, I found out about the uh, audio blogger thing, which is, I don't know if you know, yeah, that, so um, it's actually, you can blog with your cell phone. Right. Which is really great, because you can be in anywhere, and if something is happening, you can just And you were saying you were wondering about why things were different in France than here? Um, a little bit. Well, it's actually something that I did notice. And, um, and yeah, I think in France um, we're still at the really beginning of all those things. And here it's really more common to uh, find people who are blogging. There are a lot of services that you can have in France. It's just a question probably of geographical market or something like that. For instance, I was trying to, my computer is a French computer, right. and I was trying to post some pictures on a website and some videos, because the video was too big to be posted on my blog. And actually, I couldn't do it directly from the little Microsoft software that I had. Mm -hmm. It wouldn't um, be connected. On, I don't want to explain that, but actually, France is not related with any kind of website like that, right. so it just didn't work. I had to uh, do it with a website in the US to be able to do it. So that's a lot of things like that, which was at the beginning of that, and, and also got a lot of questions about how it's really going to change um, our culture and our society, because while well, it's very fun like that, and we're all a little excited about that, and I am, but at the same time, what about all the people that are not so excited? Right. What are we going to do with that? I've got a lot of friends that just don't care about that. Like, I'm not going to do a blog. I mean, I don't care. Okay, but is it going to make a kind of control gap between people who are getting more news and getting more critical towards the big men? Or, and the other one, like, they're not going to be that informed. You know? So those, all those questions are... But imagine the gap, just, just to um, bring that, or to relate that to something here. Imagine the gap between someone who reads the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal every day and someone whose sole news um, intake is the local news at 5 o'clock in the evening or 6 o'clock in the evening on television. Um, I, I would 
I think there's as large a, a gap there as anything that might be well, going on. Well, my hope is that at least um, more people are going to have access to some kind of information. Right. But I was just this afternoon with, uh, in Alex class, which is teaching in the Kennedy School, mm -hmm. um, of course, it's called Press, Politics, and Public Policy. And we were having a conversation about the ignorance um, fact. Mm -hmm. And most people don't, were not interested or not educated enough or, you know, maybe my hope is that a lot of people are going to be interested in having some news in a different way. But at the same time, it might happen that the guys going to be eager okay. and they're going to be, they're going to love in a nice place and have, I'm sorry to say, like stupid information. Yeah. And, and the guys are maybe going to be and, and I don't know that, and but I'm very concerned about that. There are going to be a lot of doctorates written on this before we're done. This is a lot of doctoral theses on on very much these kinds well, of I mean, subjects. I hope in a way, but it's, well, I mean, this is we have a lot of research to do, and, and there are a lot of things to complete. Like, right. um, I think those maybe 50 past years we had a lot of technology um, and changes and each time something new happening and everything the culture and sex they changed with TV and with right. the cable TV and the satellite and now we move on to something else. Right. Completely. I'm, I want to. I, I don't want to keep you all too late. Um, I did want to go through the two more. One would be our real estate. Uh, sure. Broadly uh, this is a website about how Internet consumers can save $30 billion annually using new web-based real estate business models. This particular one, I'm, I'm actually glad, is there. For, for Easter, we did a reverse Easter egg hunt. We took uh, print out a list of 750 properties for sale and put an Easter egg on their front yard. And when you opened up the Easter egg, there was an SLS from uh, a fundraiser we did with Haiti. And it said, and there was 38 cents inside the Easter egg, and it said for 38 cents a day, you can keep someone alive with AIDS, AIDS medication. That's so it was trying to, was saying it's not enough that we can save $38 billion. We have to save lives with this technology dividend. And let's do it for Easter. Let's literally bring someone back to life. Yeah. That's a really nice, that's a, what a good project. Huh. Uh, my next door neighbor is selling a house. It would be really interesting to have, you know, somebody be able to, you know, donate some of the stuff that they might have saved, yeah. you know, to some charity in a way that, you know, when people are selling a house, they're so freaked out. You know. The average I mean, savings in Boston is about twenty-five thousand. Yeah. Multiply that by cities and do a friendly annual competition. The concept is called Million Dollar March, and it would be a friendly competition, not a physical march, but a metaphorical march from. March 1st to World AIDS Day. Mm -hmm. okay. Good site. Um, so, <laughs> median prices are, oh, maybe there is a bubble. Hmm. Oh, big stories, big stories in the works. Well, I, I don't need convincing personally, but a lot of other <laughs> people do. Um, so, you know, this is a, I, I think this would fall in the category of using the web and the blog and, and this technology as a fabulous marketing tool in some sense and also a good works tool so uh, and helping people um, what's the URL on the H 
H2O on it's Williamstown? It's H2O Town dot info. H2. Uh, oh, is yeah. H2O Town And uh, this is a quite a wonderful thing. I want. I'd love it for you to just tell us a bit about it. Well. Uh, this is a Drupal-based site where anybody in town can sign up, and when they do, they get their own web log. So the front page is basically everything that everybody has said. One of the things you'll notice is that a lot of them are me, um, and that's fine with me. I wanted, I, I would have been entirely happy to do it all by myself, indefinitely, but I felt just sort of philosophically I wanted to make the people who would have been the readers my peers in some meaningful way. So they can post straight to the front page. Does this everything is, automatically go straight to the front? No, this is, a, um, this is a news aggregator. So this is headlines from Watertown bloggers, and I only take like 200 characters. But with, um, if somebody uses their, like if, if you click on H2O Town blogs, these are blogs that are actually on h2otown.info. The aggregator shows blogs that are by people in Watertown, but not on our site. Is this a Drupal site? Yeah, it is a Drupal site. And if you, um, so when people send things here, generally I let event listings go straight to the front page. I let comments by registered users show up immediately. Um, I still look at stories, but I have to tell you, nobody's really tried to, um, People are really sweethearts, more than I would have expected. Um, and, they, and they have gotten to the point where they kind of um, attempt to sort of nudge people towards a, towards a, towards a common culture mm -hmm. in a way that I didn't create. Um, on the first birthday of the site, the people, the H2O Townians threw themselves a birthday party. That's great. Which I thought was great. They went to a diner and they bought themselves cupcakes. And they invited me, which was nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, so that allows them to do it. This is this is by the same guy who who did the uh, who did the the school stuff, and like a lot of this stuff, I think a little creepy and also brilliant. So this is a, this. <laughs> you so want to you want to drive to the house of your city councilor? Glenn can show you how. That's <laughs> you know this, but that so. Um, has he put up his other stuff on here? The schools. The school stuff, the most recent stuff, is not up, and it's interesting that one of my biggest problems for some of my most prolific and interested and engaged um, contributors is simply um, posting images and video. So he, he's trying to take snapshots of a spreadsheet and trying to post them to H2O Town, H2O Town balking at it. So I still have something to fix. Yeah, well, that's Drupal. But we've, uh, yeah, it's true. Uh, it is a little blocky, but it's the, it's, it's the, really the only thing that does what it does. All right. Um, but um, we've started to use Flickr more, uh, and... Um, How are you using Flickr? Um, it just makes it a lot easier to put photos on the site rather than uploading them directly. Oh, you're encouraging. Because I don't have to resize. So you're encouraging. And I'm also them. encouraging people to use that tag, yeah. uh, to use the H2O town tag. And I, and I use search-based RSS a lot. Mm -hmm. So um, basically if 
something's tagged Watertown on the internet, I see it. And my main problem is that there are a lot of places named Watertown. I know way more about Watertown, Tennessee than I know about here. I'm sure you um, do. And sometimes I just like, sometimes such bizarre things happen in other Watertowns. Like in Watertown, South Dakota, there was this thing where a, a, a gazillion turkeys got fried because a lightning struck a turkey farm. And, and I just like, I just couldn't restrain myself. I'm like, I just have to tell you guys about this. You know? Lisa, have you thought about, have you thought about an aggregator of water towns? Yeah. You, meanwhile, you just, another water town. Meanwhile, right. another water towns. I did, have a, I did have a recurring feature for a while when it seemed like other water towns were just having really strange things happen to right. them. That um, was called the Sunday World of Watertowns. <laughs> then you've already done it, so I, I mean, and, and just... it also, it, 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 like a lot of things, like three weeks ago, our local weekly paper had that as their front page about the full story. Which, I mean, for me to do it is one thing; for them to do it, I kind of felt like it's a little weird. But um, well, we're copying. But a lot of our a lot of our contributors use YouTube for the same reason. Um, I can't really allow them to put video on H2O Town because the hosting service I um, use doesn't want files that big. Um, so, and I started to use it too. Could you, I don't know if I can tell you to scroll up or scroll down. Scroll down a little bit. Oops. I can't tell what page we're on, but if you can scroll down a bit. Keep going. Shoot. Um, are you on the front page? No, you're on the blogs. Could you just go to the front page? Sorry. If you just back up one and scroll down. Um, somebody once said that the, the, the motto of H2O Town should be, we watch local access cable so you don't have to. <laughs> and um, it's true. That's how I cover the town council. Is this it? Yeah. And one of the things that... One of the things I noticed when I started to watch town council meetings is really actually how funny they were. The Daily Show moments happen in every town council meeting. And I really wanted to show and communicate that to them. So through endless, endless experimentation, I managed to actually figure out a way to make that happen. Uh, a lot of hardware is involved to get to them. But now, you know, they don't have to watch the whole thing. They can just watch the two interesting minutes. This one isn't actually all that. So it's the greatest hits of... uh... It's the greatest hits of... Yeah, and I also do, like, you know, long quotes from those. And and a lot of other users do that kind of thing, too. They'll go to a meeting and and post something small. Um, And so a lot of of the value of H2O Time to readers, I think, is um, just wading through stuff. But also we're just... um, You'll notice that's really not... A lot of it is not journalistic in nature, and mm-hmm. that I'm perfectly okay with admitting that. I think you know what we're doing collectively is we're just paying attention, well, paying here, attention to our team. Here, you you I'm sure got this story before the local paper, right? Yeah. See, this is the kind of story. This this is this is absolute journalism, folks. I I don't care what we're going to define it as. This is it. This is a great little business story about some interesting thing going on in the community that will be sometime soon on the business page of the local paper. It will be I do, there. I do a lot of business news because our newspaper doesn't do any almost. So it's... And I like them. I like those stories. I think yeah. I, I personally yeah. enjoy writing. Now, it's unlikely that the local paper will have a sentence that says, <laughs> the security <laughs> jamokes hadn't put the press pot back on. That you know, this is a. The one thing, and the other 
thing is that, that it, there's a little blurb about them, and then I couldn't restrain myself and just went off on what really is a personal blog post about something that happened to me, mm -hmm. uh, which maybe maybe might show up in somebody's column. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a mixing of things that right. wouldn't happen in a newspaper. But I, anyway, I I just wanted to all of you to understand that we have people in this room who are doing fantastic work. Um, a lot of which uh, I didn't know about till tonight, and or that I might have you know, glanced at once or twice. And uh, I think we are. Th this is so cool to me. We're finding things everywhere, and people are doing all this creative stuff. And I learned a whole bunch of things tonight. I don't know about you guys, but I I learned a lot about how things were going on. Yes. The neighbor hasn't spoken about his. Uh... Oh, um, what, what's your site? Um, I, I work for a place called PRX. PRX.org. Oh, you're at PRX. Yeah. Um, we don't really do new stuff per se. It's yeah. more sort of radio content. Um, so if you're an independent radio producer, that's the second one. Um, you can... Uh, Network's a little slow all of a sudden. Well, our site also has some issues over the last 24 um, hours or so. so. Tell them quickly about this, because this is, this, is this is a much more professional... Um, <laughs> not professional, more... I don't know what the best way to describe it is, but you guys are really into the, trying to create something that's, that's fairly global in, in nature. Um, so if you're a public radio independent producer, you can come to our site and upload your stuff. Um, and then radio stations around the world, mostly uh, NPR stations, some low-power FM stations in the U.S., Radio Netherlands, BBC, um, can come and license your content. Um, and so it's a really great way for people who don't have exposure um, to you know, get to find their way onto radio stations. Um, and so we get sort of a very wide range of different sorts of, of content. We get people posting their... Uh, podcasts on the site um, get picked up by a radio station um, and then we get people who are making a living you know, as radio producers um, and so it's sort of a, a wide variety of different things hmm. um, but it's I mean, really, we, we occasionally have, have a piece that, that is sort of timely in the new sense but only because you know someone did like a documentary on something then pops up in the news, or, I mean, really, really isn't sort of this journalist sort of thing, unless you sort of include, I mean, some people doing, like, investing with journalism sort of stuff, um, and then posting sort of longer-form documentaries. Not too much short-form here, huh? Um, there are some short stuff. There's, there's, there's stuff that's, there's some, like, little interesting quirky pieces under, I mean, there's pretty much anything yeah. um, that someone has posted, we have it. So there's around 10,000 pieces or so. Wow. And so, the transom stuff is stuff like um, transom is a, a sister site, um, oh, so we actually maintain transom. Okay, I, I, when I first started podcasting, I looked at that site a mm -hmm. lot because it had a ton of really interesting, useful stuff. If you wanted to learn how to do something a little bit better than with the mm -hmm. stuff you could buy at Best Buy, yeah. and it was really helpful. And there's a lot of interesting stuff. In there. It's actually produced by JL at the Public Media, um, but we actually we host it. Um, and that's more of like a, a, a radio craft sort of site. Um, whereas we are, like, you know, once you 
So the uh, help file was done on a wiki. This was a this is a wiki page, right? Yeah, it's a, it's it's not a public wiki. Only we can edit right, it, I, but, I, yeah. but, but the telltale signs. <laughs> I, anyway, this is another uh, terrific thing. You're you're going to be part of the Beyond Broadcast yeah. event next month. Um, I wanted to just mention that to anyone who is around in, in uh, the middle of May on the 12th and 13th. Um, I'm helping though. I'm, I'm, I'm more of an observer than a, a true uh, organizer. Uh, a conference called Beyond Broadcast that will be held here at the Berkman Center or at the law school and sponsored by a bunch of people, including my, my little center. And uh, it's, uh, it's basically looking at the future of, of broadcast, uh, you know, public broadcast at some level, but in a, in a networked world, what that means. And it's... Uh, the, the speakers they've lined up are just first rate, and uh, I, I'm planning to sit there and listen and take notes for two days because it's going to be terrific. And I hope some of you may want to join us. It's going it, to, it's inexpensive. I, I forget what the sign-up fee is, but it's cheap. Fifty to do it beforehand. Fifty, 50 bucks, uh, and <coughs> worth it if you're into this stuff at all. So I'm, I'm not going to hold anybody. Past this, uh, yes. I just want to try to release the fact that uh, we haven't spoken of one thing, which is professional organizations, which also have. Can we can we go to the NewYorkTimes.com? Sure. To look at what that's looking like no, these days. I mean, groups of, of a certain profession. I I didn't do which, that. On which have a website uh, which also has other contents. That is it. You know, you know why I didn't do that because I did that the last time. Ah, uh, that's right. Okay. And I was I was very specifically separating out tonight. Uh, I was last time I talked a bit about what what big journalism or traditional journalism is doing in this field, and I'm. No, but I didn't mean that. I meant professional in the sense of other professions. I'm sorry. I meant other professions. Oh, oh. Yes. Good no, point. I, I just very briefly, and I can see the time. But, uh, I, I belong to to a group which uh, is. History teachers in France who partly teach in English, right? Mm -hmm. It's a very specific field. And they don't they can't communicate very well with each other because there's, there's only one per schooler, not even one mm -hmm. in every school, obviously. So because of th this network is very active mm -hmm. and it's, it's not only professional, but it becomes also social. And right. uh, so I set up a teacher training course thanks to this network. So I'm just saying that. I, I could never yeah. have done it without... That's a that's good so that's point. That's an example. Yeah. I, I will point out, I, I think our network has gotten slow. Um, our, I, I would point out that uh, when it comes to journalism and the changing nature of uh, how we're getting information, the, the some of the best reporting, as in get, getting information if we think of reporting, writing, editing as somewhat distinct parts of journalism. Report, um, in, in the old Time magazine days, they had reporters who would file voluminous reports to New York and then someone would write the story in New York. And so it was kind of people sending what they knew. And 
so some level that's coming back um, in, in this new era with, with sort of people finding in things we need to know. I, the, uh, the, some of the best reporting that's been done on the, uh, the U.S. policy regarding uh, domestic spying and, and uh, Guantanamo and Abu Ghraib and, and things like that, some of the best reporting has been done by a, uh, an organization that's not been famous for journalism, and that's the American Civil Liberties Union, which has been filing Freedom of Information Act requests by the barrel load and getting things that journalism organizations, which should be doing this, mm-hmm. have not been getting. So something is happening here that we need to uh, understand. <coughs> now, interest groups have been doing this for a long time, but now they have a medium they can put it out. It used to be the ACLU might have done that 15 years ago, but they would have either issued a report that would have been picked up or not. Now they can put it on their website, and the world can come and see it. So there's a there's a pretty significant uh, shift going on for the people who have an interest in something. They can be journalists. We know what their agenda is, and that's fine. In fact, it's better that we know the agenda. Transparency is crucial in this new world. But we should uh, we should be going to places like that for getting pieces of what's what we need to know. I can't get the times to load. So well, I just thought that was interesting. About ten or 11, maybe maybe two weeks ago, uh, the New York site did a complete redesign mm-hmm. of their website. I'm sure some people have noticed that. I heard about it, yeah. And I think it should worry us all. Because what it's doing is taking a professional news source and turning it to what essentially looks like a blog. And it uses the same fonts, the same structure, the same kind of tabs, and the same sort of aesthetic as a blog uses. And and the reason that worries me is because I think... Let me back up a bit. I think for the most part, we've we've lost television. You know, in terms of individuals being able to contribute and to produce their own material and have it seen by a wide audience. We lost that a long time ago. Probably about 1952 we lost that. Um, but now we have this other resource, this other vast internet that people are doing wonderful things on and in Watertown and, and in, in Press Pass Television and all the things that we've talked about here. But I think, and when I asked about what, you know, what our bloggers doing and what is their purpose, um, I sort of had this in mind and thinking that if we're not careful, we might squander the opportunity to reserve this new medium for ourselves. Because people like the New York Times and CNN and larger Turner networks, they know how powerful that it is. And, they're, and if they could, they would love to be able to, quote unquote, corner that market and have that for themselves. And now, however impossible that might seem based on how infinite the, the internet is, I still think that the credibility that's, that, that we have amongst ourselves and sort of the vast talent that we have here must be cultivated into some sort of collective effort and I think and when I saw the New York Times I saw it as the beginning of something because it's the beginning of their recognition of the internet's power and they're yielding to it the New York Times is sort of the pinnacle of it all I mean I think people look to the New York Times as a standard there sort of in this movement of journalism on the internet I know in working with WGBH and working with NOVA they all see and they go to the New York Times as a reference for everything else and the New York Times is saying, okay, well, everyone's doing this whole blogging thing, and this is what blogs are all about. And they shift their aesthetics to sort of reflect that. 
that gives a credibility and also sort of warns us of a danger of sort of the establishment of big media and what their intentions are. And that, and that worries me. And so what I, when I look at sort of, uh, when I ask about the purpose of individuals and all that sort of thing, I, I'm a, and I think one side that we saw, the Korean side, that sort of took on this aesthetic of something that was much more quote-unquote official or whatever that even means, and I think we all have our own opinions of what official means. But I think it's important for us to recognize that this is a resource that can be squandered and can be lost. I'm, I'm going to... I'm less worried, put it that way. I'm, I, my worry on the... Uh, on the big media front is that the phone and cable companies will control the Internet by controlling what gets delivered. Mm-hmm. The, if, if the New York Times does a better job of delivering the news using the Internet... I'm happy. I, that just, I, I guess I'm, I think we're going to find ways to aggregate very good things from individuals, both who want to be aggregated and who don't. And I, but we're, it's, it's, it's something that's going to be worked on for a long time. I'm showing you the largest, the site of the largest newspaper in Latin America, the highest circulation. It's uh, Clarín. It's in, uh, it's based in Buenos Aires and is, uh, this is a new uh, front page of their site, and it is very bloggy. The Nike advertising on purpose. The, the bars. Yeah, <laughs> very very bloggy though, and they did that on purpose. And for people who f- were freaked out by that, they can click that tab and get the newspaper. Hmm. Still sort of looks like a blog, but. Um, well, but but it's very much the paper, right? And in fact, that's, this is a change from when they launched. I was there the day they launched this. Uh, it was their tenth anniversary and uh, of the website, and it was much less easy to find the print edition. Um, and they, they they made a big a big sh- uh, change there to make that uh, impossible to miss, but. This was done absolutely on purpose. Now, this is the this is the connections uh, part of their uh, site, which is sort of featurey things that, uh, and a lot of it's done only for the web. But uh, this is a great experiment in the future of combining traditional with new. And uh, for those of you who read Spanish, I recommend watching this closely in the future because if they get if, if they pull this off and it's the, the jury is out on whether the readers are going to buy this completely but if they can do this and make a big success of it I, I promise you that a whole bunch of people in the US are going to copy it and this is one more example that it's uh, the the most creative things are going on everywhere not just here. We think of ourselves as the leaders in the news. Well, I think America has a very specific challenge, I think because of sort of its political origins and sort of the historical context that America created in and of itself. I think, I think the rest of the world has a different history, and I think, mm-hmm. I think they, we face different challenges. And I think I, when I was talking about us, I, I was talking specifically about America. Yeah. Uh, but 
I think this is something that I can work, and I think I agree with you when you say that the New York Times, if it can't produce news that is that is good and accurate, then so be it. Uh, their site is not responding right now uh, for strange. whatever reason that is. Uh, I'm. I think we should uh, end the uh, uh, roundtable here for now, and I want to thank everybody so much for coming and staying with us and. Uh, you know, if I, I, I say this every time I visit with anybody, I'm, uh, I would love to get from you ideas on things to do. If you wanted work on projects that uh, the Center for Citizen Media is going to be involved in, I'm, I'm looking for people to help out in some ways and, and on some projects. We're going to, for example, we're going to look at what traditional media are doing to go beyond blogging and into actually bringing in citizens as part of the journalistic process. That's going to be the first serious research that we do, and uh, I'm looking for help on that. I'm looking for all kinds of ideas, and, and uh, I'm, I'm learning how to beg as, as someone who runs a nonprofit. I'm, um, it, it's not my best uh, side, but I'm... Uh, Your website just get picked up by... My old my the the, the for profit thing I was running last year was uh, we just sold it to the back fence uh, uh, local hyper local uh, company and I, I I keep that completely separate from what I'm doing now I don't I don't want to be using what I'm doing now to promote the old thing because it's not the right thing to do but. Um, that, that did happen, and I'm still going to be blogging there some, but I, this is a very, what I do here in Boston is very separate from that, and, and I wanted to, uh, uh, I'm, I'm happy about that deal, but I'm not, uh, that, that's a uh, different part of my existence, I'm compartmentalizing carefully, but I thank you so much for coming, and just stay in touch, and tell me what you're doing, and um, we're we're going to have a lot of fun figuring this out. I, I'm just this is this is a just a guess. We need an email list. Hmm. We need an email list. Another email list. We do, yes. don't we? Or we could start more using existing. No, I'm. Um, send me, if anyone who wants to be on an email list, send me a note, and we're because I will start one pretty soon. I I just worry that. People are tired of email lists. Yes, Erica is the uh, one to talk to about Berkman. And there's there's a, there's so many cool events here that it, um, I, I don't fail to get on that list. That's, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.